0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for tuning in. Yet again, another day, another dollar, right? What do you want to talk about today? Because I guess you could say the doctor is in, so to speak, without getting too cliche. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to fire it up, see what's going on on Wall Street, and uh, go from there. Talk about some big picture concepts. We'll talk about some small picture concepts. Um, whatever is ultimately on your mind. You know, one of the mistakes that we make, in my opinion, is we get a little bit too focused on the right here, right now kind of thing. And... uh that can make you an awful investor, focusing too much on the the day to day. Wow, I, I can tell you. Anytime I do a seminar, I meet. I'm not going to call it crazy people, but I meet people, and I'm, I'm just I'm I'm entranced by what they find important. So, and how people like will make crazy jumps, right? So one lady I met, and I met ladies, I met men, and I met. I'm not just saying anything negative about one type of person, but she had some property like in the middle of central California, nowhere. And she, it's kind of her bet that that's going to be her retirement. And I said, you know, I I don't know. I've never been to the city that you're talking about. And, you know, maybe they have got a college coming in, but typically when you have a piece of land that costs maybe $50,000, let's just say that's not super high quality at this point. And for it to become super high quality, would, if Amazon puts a campus there, sure. But Amazon's probably not going to put a campus in the middle of the desert. It may. But her bet was, if I wait long enough, it'll climb. It'll be my plan. And that's a little bit upsetting to me. And Because what she basically was doing, in my mind, and this is the psychology of it, she was looking around seeing Palo Alto, looking around seeing Burlingame, looking around seeing... San Carlos and uh, Mountain View. And I think in her head, she was thinking, this, it's all of California. Every city in California, all land will eventually go higher. <clears throat> that's a little bit of a mistake. If you have enough knowledge and you don't make enough mistakes, don't make too many mistakes and you have enough knowledge, you'll become a millionaire in my opinion. One out of six Retirees in America is a millionaire. Handling finances for retirement can be difficult. So one out of six people right now is a millionaire. Now you, you start by going, "Ooh, one out of six retirees right now in the United States is a millionaire." But think about this: my mom's healthcare costs now are easily hundred thousand a year, it's maybe ninety <clears> thousand. Million doesn't last that long, right? When you don't have a job. So that's eight years, nine years until you run out of money, just on the expense, without food, without vacations, without entertainment. So one out of six retired Americans are a millionaire. Average wealth for American retirees right now is seven hundred and fifty two thousand dollars, which has more than doubled since 1989. So let's think about that for a little bit. That's about thirty years, right? Median wealth for retirees is just over two hundred thousand. People are living longer. And costs are increasing. So you start seeing 200000 and let's say you wreck a car, let's say you need a roof. You can kind of see that we don't save enough as a society. So if you want to become a millionaire, you need to save. One of the most common, common, common financial mistakes is not saving, believe it or not. Don't you wish you would have started maxing out your 401k in your 20s? Don't you wish you would have put $100 in? And that would be worth six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars today, depending on how old you are when you started. A lot of people who invest, and I was surprised. Uh, speaking at an event at Visa, I was surprised how many people don't invest in stocks. So they get the money taken out of their their paycheck, and they just put it in cash in a money market fund. I'm like, whoa! Because My friend Donald would say, whoa! So. Believe it or not, one of the biggest mistakes people make is when they do invest, they invest in cash, and sometimes when they don't invest at all. You can fix those two mistakes, right? Then the next thing is a lot of people try to put on big bets. I think this little mining company has uh, dragon Dragonite in it. It's a special metal that you can use to, to build rocket ships that go to the moon, and, but no one's ever seen it. People speculate on crazy ideas that would make no sense if it was in a movie and a book. You'd be like, don't do the deal, lady. Don't do the deal. People will do the deal. People try to beat the markets. Um, This guy showed up at the seminar last night, and I was almost sad for him because he had 10 stocks that he wanted me to see. And these were just random stocks. Just random stocks. Um. And as sometimes when I look at it, I'm like, okay, let me try to figure out what that means to me. Like, what is he trying to accomplish? And it was just random, literally sometimes like $28 of one stock and $106 of a dollar. You're like, what is he trying to accomplish? Um, A lot of people I see don't have a plan. They don't have, they're just trying to be crazy almost. You need to build an emergency savings fund if you want to become a millionaire, the trick on being a millionaire is letting your investments stay invested, letting your cash stay as emergency cash so it's there when you need it so you don't have to dip into those investments. Take advantage of tax advantage accounts. Super important, super important. If you're not paying 25, 28% to the federal government and you're putting that money into your 401k, your 403b, or your 457, that's a great thing, not paying federal tax. Now, you also could take a look at it in another way of like a Roth where you've already paid the federal government and you want to set up an investment account, you could set up a Roth. That's not a bad idea. And uh, not pay taxes when, in, when later in life. So the not paying taxes is, is big because, you know, just to give you the example of, of California once again, You know, a million dollars when you retire in California isn't a lot of money. Let's say your your state tax comes out to seven percent or six percent suddenly a million dollars is six percent less than that sales tax at ten percent suddenly a million dollars is really only nine hundred thousand so that's one of the biggest issues i see uh if an employee if employers will give you free money in a 401k take it so it's called uh, hitting the match even if if you don't save anything i'm not gonna get mad at you but i will get mad at you if if your boss says if you put in three thousand dollars three percent of a hundred thousand of your salary we'll give you an extra three thousand dollars it's like woo you just got a, a raise not only did you not pay taxes on that that you invested but you also you get the idea right one of the best things you could do and uh i like automating everything not i like automating it but checking it you know that that time you get that i need to, this meditation app but i'm gonna get this 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 uh It's twelve twelve 12-month subscription to it. You need to check that kind of stuff. So automate your savings, but not to the point that you don't ever keep track of them. Anyway, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Biz.
2: night replay at seven.
1: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Of course, I do appreciate it. I promise if you listen, I will do my best to revitalize myself from time to time and come up with great content for you. I want you to jump from high school to college. I do believe a college education is still important or an education with someone like Oracle or Facebook those intern jobs now are priceless because they lead to jobs. They lead to networking. One of the biggest regrets I have in my life is I didn't network better, and to this day, I still dislike networking. And networking is the, it's the craziest thing. As a parent, you can network and be nice to other parents, and when your kid gets left behind at a school, someone stays for him. So what do you do in life? Do you network? Do you not network? I believe in networking. But forget all of this networking, schmetworking stuff. Let's talk about the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Crown, the Belmont Stakes, the Preakness. Are there financial lessons to be learned? FBI has
2: won the Kentucky Derby! It was very close for a second. Audible may have
0: got there inside of good magic, but it's still regard. In a final time of two minutes, four point two zero seconds. He's still a- it was
1: a messy one. It was sloppy. You thought... Please just don't let a horse die. Horse breeding is a huge business. How big of a business? $39 billion. Wait, 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 wait. Did he just say the... Okay, wait, wait. Now wait. You're talking about raising a horse and and running it. I'm also talking about the sexy part, the, the getting it on. Horse breeding is a huge business. So justify, he could be done. Time to stud. Horses earn a ton of money just for having the mares line up to have a little bit of uh, uh, not-so-private time with them. Now, I know nothing about horse races. I know less about owning horses, but $39 million tells me the state of Kentucky kind of figured out a business. It kind of made something very unique to them, like you're trying to see Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi. Um trying to figure out, like, how do do you make this the world attraction? How do you make Paris a world attraction? And then how do you make Toulouse or other cities attractive? What sort of jobs can you have? So it used to be common for top-end racehorses to get sold into retirement. But today, the owners are saying, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this guy. There's a bigger payday coming from the stud fees. If stallion's doing well and has potential to get bigger and better, the owners want to retain and keep the bigger share. They may take in some business partners like, hey, we just won the Kentucky Derby. Who wants to, you know, help us open up, um, how shall we say, an Airbnb for horses? Because they don't have a lot of money for winning the, the Kentucky Derby and they want to come up with their own Airbnb idea that spans all of Kentucky. Honey, let's stay at the hotel that Justify stayed at. I don't even want to get into that because now my mind's going to sick places. So, partners are a big thing in the business of breeding horses. Who would have known? Like I said, it used to be if you won that horse, you know, um, suddenly it was worth millions, and if you lost, and the horse broke his legs, and he was worth like a, a jar of glue, Elmer's glue. So it's a timely and potentially risky investment. So now now we're getting somewhere. Investing in horses could be an investment. It's a class, an asset, right? Just like investing in stocks. Stocks are assets and bonds are assets and real estate. You're talking about children here. These are horses that are three and a half years old. They're not children in horses age, but children in our age. But it's complicated, the only thing that matters to guarantee a stud fee though is that you can produce a, a, a horse that can stand and, and be nursed. That's the only thing you have to have. Baby horse is called, ladies, gentlemen, a full, right? foal, right? F O A L. I could be wrong. But in that stallion's first couple years of being a stud, the fee starts to to lower. It typically takes about 5 years to produce enough spawn and prove that his horses that he produces can be winners can you imagine that like that would be a great job i'd like to be a stud and put out in the field but then they wait a couple years to see if the children you make are sickly and, and and pasty they may put you down whereas if they you know, or rocking it out and thumping their chest, this asset that you just got just has more value. But it took five or six years to see that value, right? But the fact that that stallion did well at a, a racehorse once, we're, we're, we're good. But then you still have to get the proof in the pudding. Oh, the, the terms I'm using, pudding. My Seriously? My. Like baby pudding? I don't even want to go there. So there's over 20,000 horses, Born in the United States and Canada every year. I know you're thinking, I would have thought that number would have been higher. I don't know. After the birth, the owner has to decide whether to keep that offspring or sell them. Breeders are going to sell them as weanlings. Weanlings are usually six months to a year old. I know you're saying, man, horse racing's got some crazy terms. About about 40% of the horses that are sold as yearlings, ages one to two, average price is about $75,000. Now, the most expensive breeding stud out there right now is a horse named Tappet. So, and he set the record for three years in a row. His breeding fee is $300,000. Whoa. Wait. I want you to do the math here on this one, because I I only have an Abacus. $300,000 and wait, 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 wait. You're gonna love this. He does it 125 times a year. Really? I'm not making this stuff up. So that's big business, right? Yep. Yep. So um, that breeding fee alone is, what, $37 million a year? Of my horse wants to meet your horse, give me $37 million, please. Whoa. I'm Rob Black talking money investing more. Find me online at RobBlackShow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anytime you want to talk to me, don't be shy. to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Lots going on. First-time unemployment claims are sitting at a low. Again, 49-year low. That's really good for the economy. If we have jobs, we tend to spend. A hot labor market can create a little bit of inflation, a little bit of wage inflation. Anyhow, and anyway... Data points to sustained labor market strength. That's a good thing. So we got that going today. We get kind of the craziest day, I would have thought, in the White House, where an anonymous op-ed in the New York Times parallels the darkest days of the Nixon years. Historians say that there's an operative inside the White House that is part of the resistance. And when you say resistance, that's right. Think Star Wars. There's someone working inside to bring down or to tone down the president. And the memes on the internet are going crazy. It's worthy of note. Um, An anonymous op-ed written by a senior Trump administration official claiming to be part of a cabal of insiders thwarting the president's agenda has virtually no precedent in presidential history. I would have thought the markets would have been a little bit more jilted by this. Nope. Elsewhere in the news, CBS board is in negotiations for CEO Moonves' exit from the company. Wow! Wowza! 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 How much is Moon? How much is going to walk with? As much as 180 million dollars in severance. And you know what I would do if I was a CBS shareholder? I'd walk up to Les with a white glove and slap him and go, "How dare you walk with 180 million dollars when you let Netflix when you let Netflix become the international entertainment company of the world? You could have bought them for five billion dollars." Now, again, I'd probably do the same thing if I was an executive at NBC, ABC, CBS. You get the idea. So I don't don't know. How can a CEO get $180 million? Let's ask CFP Chad Burton, who's also a CEO, New Focus Financial. Chad, you ever see yourself walking with a $180 million package to walk away? I'll take it right now.
2: (laughs) You can take a bucket (laughs) of chicken, right? This will be my last segment, apparently. (laughs) now what do you think about that do you think sometimes
1: CEOs get too much or or should they get what they can get like a football player like we say you know they only play for three or four years and get what you can get while you can get it
2: well it's not human nature to ask for less so they should always get what they can get but look there's definitely a um, when something goes wrong and you still get a large severance package it just doesn't make a lot of sense so it's, it's it's all in the contract you can blame it on the attorneys I guess
1: yeah, for CBS, I predict, uh, as Mister T once said, pain in the future. I just Netflix is rolling. Have you gotten into Netflix? Have you like started to explore all their content, their comedy specials, their documentaries, their their TV shows?
2: No, I mean it's really well, I don't know a handful of shows that I've watched. Like um, Mr. Robot for the first season and half of the second, then it got weird. And then Ozark's pretty good. Um, Game of Thrones is really good. Okay. That's about it. Okay
1: game of thrones would be hbo so we're on to oh, you true. chad right. we're you on to, to see you. how much i watch tv rub <laughs> that's fair but game of thrones is coming back that should be exciting yeah with that said let's talk about what you and i do financial planning issues and uh events and radio shows and such we got one coming up september 20th at los gatos the toll house hotel one of my favorite locations it's 25 to get in but it's all about retirement planning and tax planning um, you can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you sign up right now at newfocusfinancial.com. Um, let's talk a little tax planning. W- what are you expecting as the tax cuts went into effect? Is it going to be a-, a tough tax year for us? Or are we going to come March and April and just start scratching our heads and not know what to do?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Rob, there's still regulations coming out on who and what and how you qualify for this pass-through business entity. Um, we're starting to see regulations that, you know, the beginning of this tax cut. It looked like people that own a rental property would get a extra federal tax deduction of twenty percent of net business of, of their net income from their rental property. And now it's not looking like it's um, going to happen. You know, financial advisors are still, for some reason, not able to take this cut, which is ridiculous. Uh, so there's still lawsuits that are going to be pending about, you know, how, how do you carve out a certain you know, member of the population and, and say you can't have the tax cut that everybody else has. Um, it's, just, just, it's, it's just insanity. It's the most complicated tax cut and change that I've seen. And this, you know, August started the 25th year in the business for me, and I've seen several. Um, and then there's more, propo- you know, proposals coming out in this executive order that Trump signed last week. So it, it could get even more confusing.
1: Okay, and that's saying a lot coming from you, because, in my opinion, you're kind of straight laced smart, smartest CFP that I know, and if you're saying it's insanity, that's not good.
2: yeah, when you're getting regulations out on what's affecting us this year, um, and we're not done, we haven't seen forms yet, and it's already september it's 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 a difficult one and but I will say that you know the good side of this is that there's huge opportunities for retirees. Most retirees will pay less in taxes if they do their income planning correctly. So it is a tax cut even for retirees in California. Now, if you're you know, a younger couple that just made enough money in the Bay Area to be able to afford to buy your first home, it's not a tax cut for you because you're losing a lot of your state and income tax tax, that SALT issue. And so there's that segment that's going to have a tough time. But if you're retired and you have assets and you can play the – blending of capital gain income and the blending of ira income you can stay at a very low bracket
1: now let's talk about staying in a very low bracket in the bay area where there's a lot of wealth and that's kind of a relative term right Um, there's uber wealthy you could buy a you know a bunker in australia in case there's a zombie apocalypse maybe you do new zealand like you don't care about money you don't care about tax planning like chad you're boring me i'll pay more taxes it's no big deal and then there's people like me who I do well but I could save a lot of money in taxes talk a little bit about you know the different types of people that you see in the bay area as far as uh, tax issues go
2: Sure. Yeah, I would say you could kind of boil it down to, if you set aside kind of the the, the family wealth and the trust wealth that goes down, that for for people that have worked and lived in the Bay Area and they have enough money to retire, they're wealthy enough to retire in the Bay Area, there's three basic types. There's one type that has most of their assets in their 401k and IRAs, right? They've saved all of their money in pre-tax accounts. And those people really need to be careful and make sure that they're maxing out their existing bracket from the age of retirement to age seventy and a half, and a half, the Roth conversion strategy that we talk about all the time, because it's really important to build up a tax-free pool of money later on in life when you start needing large withdrawals for things like fixing up your home or buying a car or health issues, things like that. Um, then there's those that have most of their wealth or a large portion of it in appreciated stock, like Apple or Cisco or something like that, where you know they've they've worked and they've maxed out their 401k, but the the value in their company stock or maybe it's a couple of companies that they worked for, they have huge capital gain issues, and there's a difference now. The capital gains bracket is still working off kind of the old numbers. And then there's the income tax, regular income tax bracket. And you can actually blend the two together. So the third type of person that I see in the Bay Area is a good blend of assets. Those that retire with, they've got a decent amount in appreciated stock or mutual funds outside of retirement accounts. They've got a decent amount in retirement accounts. They've got real estate income. They even have some Roth IRA money. And those people have the most flexibility in terms of blending income. And uh, Rob, we're talking about Being able to blend income between your income taxes, ordinary income IRAs, and selling appreciated stock, and having six-figure-plus taxable income, um, but yet your your actual federal bracket is under 12% in many cases, if you do it the right way.
1: Good stuff. What are some of the nuances that could ultimately catch people like me off guard? Because like I said, I'm not a tax guy, and I've done well in life, but I haven't done that well in life. Um, and I just don 't have the brain power to to process tax information. What are some of the nuances I might maybe miss this year?
2: Well, one of the things that can catch people, especially once they start doing conversions, roth conversions, and income planning is a couple of things that can catch you off guard is is how much you can affect the way that your social security is taxed because that works in a very odd fashion. Um, you can have up to your up to eighty five percent of your social security can be taxed so this really more affects people that, oh, I need to invest in something that I consider conservative. Um, so they decide to buy a bunch of tax-free bonds, and they don't really need the income. And that tax-free bond income can still make their Social Security taxable. So it's, it's a matter of, well, maybe it's better to take that money and invest in stocks and take your IRA and invest it in bonds. And you can actually decrease the taxes on your Social Security um, when you have years of high income um, from capital gains and, and dividends and interest, you can have a Medicare surtax and an increase okay. in Medicare premiums. So lots of issues you've got to deal with.
1: Let me cut it off there and say that there's a ton of information at newfocusfinancial.com. 6.30 to 8.30 Thursday, September 20th, Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. You can sign up for the event at New Focus Financial at September 20th. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. There's going to be a lot of information. I'm going to go over what I think is going to happen over the next 15 months. We're going to go over some stock ideas, some retirement income, some tax planning. Your questions will be answered. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 for the September 20th seminar in Los Gatos. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app another day another active shooter today the active shooter is in cincinnati i don't know much about it multiple people shot an active shooter situation downtown cincinnati um i bring that up not in large to be a news station because i'm not trying to give you your, your daily dose of news I, i'm not saying i'm against it uh but life can change pretty fast you know uh, life can change pretty fast, and I think that's worthy of throwing out there. Yesterday, there was a story, uh, analyst story. This is probably the best way of saying that. That Apple should introduce a bundle that combines video music and magazines. Start getting into kind of a Amazon Prime kind of situation where you get more. If you sign up for a subscription-based relationship. So Morgan Stanley analyst Katie Huberty, who has an attractive rating on, and a $245 price on Apple shares. I own shares of Apple. I, should, I need to say that at least once a week. She analyzed the company's efforts to build its media business by spending on video development, which guesses might reach 50 million subscribers as a standalone lower price, $799, service by 2025. That would represent a business worth about $4.4 billion in revenue. But if you, if you skip the bundle... Or if you skip the video service and go straight to a bundle of services, um, you get a much bigger number. And that's when you start seeing companies like Netflix potentially saying, maybe we should buy Spotify. Maybe we should get into that business of music if the music company Apple is going to get into the business of video. It's pretty interesting, right? There's not a lot of genius ideas out there right now, and they kind of come and go. We went from the Internet, Web 1.0, to Internet 2.0, which was social media. We did a little bit of the sharing economy as far as innovations and tech stocks go. Now we're getting to the point where I I feel some of our solutions are just downright silly. I saw one of the top 10 businesses for um, venture capital right now one of the more interesting ideas is getting groceries delivered to you. And I I get it, that's fine. But that's not as revolutionary as the internet itself. A lot of big companies like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google have so much data that it's thought they're going to get stronger and stronger in the years to come. In large part because they have the data and the smaller startups don't. So they'll be able to predict what you want and or don't want. Um, but going back to Apple, you know, at this point in time they have an installed base. And I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, and he's, I want to say fifty five. Just had hip surgery. Family of four. One kid's gone to college. Wife went back to work in large part because of healthcare costs. Right. So when you're fifty five and you have your hip replaced, that's a big healthcare cost. And some insurance plans are better than others. And to live in the Bay Area and to retire in the Bay Area, you got to manage costs. And if, if you're doing well, that may not be well enough. So that's out there. People going back to work for health care. Right? But he said something pretty interesting. He said, you know, i got a family of four. Youngest sons in college. Daughters late in high school. And he said something pretty interesting. He goes, Apple's got us. And he said, it, you know, more R rated. They got us by the, I guess I'm allowed to say this, the cojones. And he's right. He goes, we pay a dollar, two dollars a month to back up our photos and such. They're like, yep. And when you don't, guess what? That goes away. It's just like the insurance model. He also happens to have some variable life insurance. And uh, he believes that he can get 8% guaranteed growth per year in an insurance product. I'm like, do you really think that's the case? So you're telling me the insurance company is getting 12% or 13%. What's it worth? What's making it worth their time? And he couldn't have an answer. But insurance companies have a genius business model in the sense that if you stop paying, they cut off your service. And they predict beforehand with a lot of data how long you're going to live. The old actuary tables, Right you're slated to live till 81 right now. They're going to sell you insurance that they're not going to sell you insurance at if you go you know, if you if you say I want to get it to uh, I'm 82 or 85. They're going to go, "Nope, you're going to live till 81. We'll cover you till you're 80. And the last few years we're going to jack up your for your fees." And like people really believe that a lot of the stuff that's sold to them is, is true and I think you need, need to be really cautious with that facebook is becoming very attractively priced for the last three to four months i haven't really given a lot of stock tips before that i gave you some great ipos in the last couple days i've given you some fintech ideas now i'm gonna go back to an old boring one facebook i know you're saying that is boring rob good job you pulled it off you have bored me fair enough Now, the reason I'm saying let's take a look at Facebook is it's 40 points off its all time highs. It's in the news and the crosshairs for being basically a monopoly. And that's going to pass. Now, it may take three to six months for that to pass. They're spending an enormous amount of money on equipment right now. And that should help. They've admitted that artificial intelligence and machine learning is more expensive of businesses to operate than we thought. So they got to get you know more computer power and more crunching going and things along those lines. I'd take a look at Facebook. I wouldn't buy it today, but I'd certainly line it up as something on your shopping list. As Shop you would with Square, Facebook, as you would with Pfizer, as you would with other stocks that I've talked about recently. Put together a list. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I've got a big seminar coming up in Los Gatos. September 20th, sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code radio 25 to get in.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.